0: WBCR FM, Loudonville, Albany. Proudly owned and operated by Siena College, a Franciscan institution. 88, 88, 88.3, 88.3, The Saints. Welcome to The Saints and Alumni Show right here on WBCR, ADA, print Through The Saint. I'm your host this week, Brandon Murphy, class of 2017, from the Office of Alumni Engagement, and this week I'm joined by Ryan Cook, class of 2012, Enterprise Account Manager at Abbott, and founder, owner of Cook's Career Coaching. Today we'll talk about his Sienna experience and his brand new company in career counseling. Stay with us. We'll be right back here on WBCR 88.3 The Saint. Hey, you found us. 88.3 The Saint. Welcome to the Saints and Alumni Show right here on WVCR 88 Through the Saint. I'm your host this week, Brandon Murphy, class of 2017, from the Office of Alumni Engagement. And this week, I'm joined by Ryan Cook, class of 2012, account manager at Abbott and founder of Cook's Career Coaching. A reminder to everyone listening to us that there are a few ways to listen to the Saints and Alumni Show podcast, a bi-weekly show highlighting our Siena Saints. You can listen on WVCR 88 Through the Saint. Apple and Spotify Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and subscribe to the Siena Alumni YouTube channel to check out the complete selection of shows. Ryan, thank you for taking the time to sit down with us today and share your Siena experience and, and how that has shaped you uh, to, to your career that you have today and, and given back to Siena and, and to the Charlotte community in so many ways. We're really excited to have you on. Happy birthday, obviously, to you, Ryan. And uh, how are things going for you down in Charlotte?
1: Things are going great. Thanks for having me today, Brandon, and thanks for the birthday shout out.
0: I'm really excited uh, about today's episode. Um, it's it's one that we really haven't done yet um, in the two years that we've done the show um, on this career counseling that we're going to get to in the second segment uh, when Kelly O'Donnell connected us just a few weeks ago. But before we get to present day uh, down in Charlotte and before we get to segment two, our listeners kind of got to figure out how you ended up at Siena and how the Siena story really begins. Um, and and we begin every show by really just taking back the clocks and getting to know why our guests wanted to attend Siena. So for you, Ryan, can you take it back to, you know, those late early 2000s, you're a senior in high school, you're looking at big colleges, small colleges, uh, staying local, not staying local, kind of how did Siena come on your map? And what ultimately made you choose to be a Siena Saint?
1: Absolutely. I grew up in Binghamton, New York, so about two hours from Siena. And I applied to a bunch of, let's say, small Catholic schools in upstate New York. So St. Bonaventure, Lemoyne, Siena, and then uh, my dad's alma mater, uh, Penn State. Those were the schools I applied to. And uh, I'll never forget, I was scheduled to go to St. Bonaventure. I got my financial aid package from them. And had a couple family members and some high school friends that were going to go there. And then Sienna gave me my financial aid package, and simultaneously they were beating Villanova in the NCAA basketball tournament. And I go, I got to give this school a chance. And uh, I'll never forget just the high on that feeling of deciding Sienna. And ultimately it was uh, the business school and then the basketball team <laughs> that were the deciding factors.
0: And when you're looking at, you know, making these decisions, you know, that first step is, you know, making that deposit to Siena. And then that next step is choosing a roommate and choosing a major. For me, I was really lucky. Uh, I was a twin in in Utica, uh, and I lived with my twin every year at Siena and and studied psychology. But I'm sure, you know, our listeners have heard me say that in every episode, but they want to know what you did. You know, did you choose a random roommate? Did you know somebody going in from Binghamton? And and what did you study at Siena?
1: Yeah, thinking back to the roommate, I remember getting a list of all the people in the geographic area that planned on going to Siena, and some of the guys that I knew were playing baseball, so I think they were lumped with baseball team members, but I found um, a guy named Patrick Del Santo. He went to Vestal High School. I reached out to Pat and said, hey, do you have a roommate yet? He said No. And we ended up choosing each other. Little did we know we'd get a third person, too, as many other people did that year and the years to follow. Uh, his name was Ryan Aitken from Pittsfield, Massachusetts. So three of us were in a double room uh, learning how to live at Siena together.
0: That's, that's crazy that you mentioned that your other roommate was from Pittsfield because we didn't talk about that specifically in the pre-interview. I was from Utica, you were from Binghamton, and I also have family in Fitzfield. So it really is crazy, you know, how small this place can be at times and, and those connections that you do make. But one of those things we did talk about in the pre-interview um, is really breaking down those Siena experiences and, and, you know, those, those inside the classroom experiences and those outside of those classroom experiences. And I first kind of want to break down those inside the classroom experiences that you had and specifically those relationships that you were able to make at a small private school with an average classroom size of 18, where every professor has the highest degree in their respective field. So Ryan, when you look back on, on what you studied at Siena, um, what were some of those you know professor-specific relationships that you did have?
1: Yeah, a great question. I think the first one that jumped to mind was um, Dr. Pepe, Michael Pepe. I took a marketing class with him and... He came up to me after class one day and said would you be interested in an internship and i said absolutely what's the internship regarding and it was uh sampling naked juice at the college campuses across the capital area so i picked a friend of mine and we went and took this big two big cases of naked juice everywhere and uh wrote down the feedback we got at each campus and this was before naked juice had that distribution where you saw it everywhere. Um, very, very uh, relevant internship that led me to get my first job at Nestle. Uh, but simultaneously, it was a lot of fun because we were just handing out Naked Juice and writing responses down and getting paid for it. So that stood out uh, that first, uh, first marketing class I had with Dr. Pepe. Um, second would be uh, Dr. Buff. And this is specifically for studying abroad. She was my advisor. And so thinking back, one of my top uh, things I could recommend to people that are going to go to Siena or any college is take the opportunity to study abroad. I got the opportunity to go to Ireland and then another stint in Washington, D.C. that led me to China. And I'll never forget coming back after Ireland and looking at Dr. Buff saying, I have to study abroad again. That was too much fun. She was like, I don't think you can study abroad again. I was like, I have to have a way to at least explore this. And she was able to help me find that pathway. Um, Then lastly, I I think about, uh, oh, um, Deb Kelly. Yes. Yeah, uh, Deb saw me doing my side hustle one day uh, with sports jerseys. We were actually raising money for Delta Sigma Pi for a charity event. That's the professional business fraternity on campus. And Deb uh, saw me and goes, this is great. I'd like to buy some jerseys and helped me promote it to some of the professors. And I still keep in touch with Deb till this day about that.
0: And it's almost like you've been on a podcast a time or two because you've hinted in this previous answer kind of the two topics that we really want to close out uh, in segment one uh, before we got to cut to break. And we got just about five minutes left uh, in this first segment. And I really want to break down, uh, you know, this jersey idea that you had and then some specifics within starting abroad and some of those skills that you learned abroad. So for people hearing, you know, you you, you were selling jerseys and then, you know, engaging the local community in Albany from these jersey sales, can you kind of provide us a little bit additional detail on how this idea came about, who was involved, and what that mission was with this jersey idea?
1: Yeah, um, all great questions. So It all started with, uh, I had a friend in high school that sold sports jerseys. Uh, Walk around anywhere on a Sunday and you'll see everyone wearing their favorite sports team. Um, But it went into baseball and basketball jerseys too. And I'll never forget being in Plasman Hall my freshman year and having my hallway huddled around me, like from my right shoulder and my left shoulder, looking at my laptop saying, I want a Jeter jersey. I want a Carmelo Anthony jersey. And these names will date me, you know, what year I've been at Siena. And so I called the guy and said, hey, if I put in one large jersey order for you, can I have your point of contact and begin selling them myself? And for the better part of three and a half, four years at Siena, I was known as the jersey guy. Um, I would import them from China for about $20 and sell them for $40. And when the opportunity came to give some of that money back to a fundraiser, like a Delta Sigma Pi, um, we utilized that for a charitable contribution too. Um, So I would send over a bunch of money through Western Union. Uh, I'd get the jerseys and the Siena mailroom, and it was like clockwork and ended up helping me pay for all the things I wanted to do that you needed that extra income for.
0: It's really, uh, you know, you think back on on that Franciscan tradition at Siena too. And, and that's a great example of, you know, a, a young college student taking that Franciscan mission that they learn inside the classroom and implementing it outside of the classroom. And I think that's a really great story to share. And, and the last one I want to touch on with just about three minutes left in this first segment um, is diving a little bit deeper into studying abroad. And, and I'll make a note that, you know, this is airing in the Saracen Student Union right now on the radio. There's current students walking about eating cases in the atrium, listening to the show. And maybe there's somebody that's interested in studying abroad and, 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 and how to go about that. So, Ryan, can you break down in some detail, you know, how this came about, you know, who did you go and see, what that process was like, and maybe, you know, one or two skills that you learned as a young man abroad living independently?
1: Yeah. Um, going Thinking back on where I wanted to study abroad, I narrowed it down to Ireland pretty quickly. Um, My mother's a hundred percent Irish and if you walk around in my hometown in Binghamton, New York, you're bound to bump into someone uh, from Ireland or that's Irish. And I just always had this infatuation with wanting to go there. And what presented itself was a way to go, keep tuition pretty much the same and then get to experience Ireland as a student. Um, The upside of that was I had very little responsibilities, so outside of the classes, that is. So I got to travel all over Europe. I remember booking flights to Paris, uh, Pisa, Italy, Brussels, and Rome for all under like $200 U.S. round trip. Little did we know that we were flying in to all these airports that were outside of those cities. So we had (laughs) these like 30-minute to hour bus rides into these cities Um, But those learning moments, uh, logistically now in my career, I am like 100% dialed into how far something is from somewhere. And maybe I could think back to the study abroad as like the foundation of that, just becoming logistically independent and just owning that travel schedule. But as I mentioned, all those different cultures we got to experience, uh, with my, some of my best friends, they were studying abroad in some of those locations that I mentioned. So we would all meet up, the Siena crew, and get to explore these awesome European cities together. And then uh, probably another learning moment, doing it on a budget. Uh, yes. it, it gets expensive. That euro was very premium when we were uh, traveling over there. Mm-hmm. And... It's funny when you look down and you go, wow, I need to sell some more jerseys when I get back to Siena. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, really, those were probably like the two biggest takeaways, just like scheduling and experiencing those different cultures while doing that and then doing it on a budget.
0: Well, Ryan, I know that we could do an entire segment on traveling to Ireland. I've been there twice. Um, But because this is a a Siena Saints podcast and and the students listening right now in the atrium um, and, and all over the New England states, Uh, We come back to segment two. We want to talk about Cook's Career Coaching, your journey after Siena and this brand new company that you're starting uh, to help uh, college students, young adults, alumni um, all over. When we come back, we'll dive right into that. Don't go anywhere. right here on WBCR 88.3 The Saint. Your Siena College Connection 88.3 The Saint. Welcome back to The Saints and Alumni Show right here on WBCR 88.3 The Saint. I'm your host this week, Brandon Murphy, class of 2017 from the Office of Alumni Engagement. And this week I'm joined by Ryan Cook, class of 2012, his birthday today, enterprise account manager at Abbott, and founder, owner of Cook's Career Coaching. So I'm very excited for the second segment because a lot of what we will discuss is, is about travel, which we hinted at in that first segment, which we both love. Um, but even more so this love that you have for Siena and helping others and how that's inspired you for this uh Career coaching company that you're beginning to launch. But before we kind of get into that second half of segment number two, we got to continue to paint this story about your time after Siena and how you got to this current point in your life today. Um, so you graduated in 2012. What's what's next for you? Do you do you stay local? Do you go to New York City and to Boston like all the young alumni do? Do you go out west? Kind of what happened next, Ryan, after May of 2012?
1: I went out west, Brandon. Um, I'll never forget, I had five job offers, largely due in part to some of those internships that I got through Siena. And then ultimately, the Career Center. Um, the Career Center played an instrumental role in helping me get job ready, career ready, which led me to work for Nestle, the food company, Little do many people know, they own about a third of the grocery store. So I went all the way to Seattle, Washington, didn't know a single person out there. I remember going out there with three bags and needing to find a place in three days. That's how long I gave myself. But I worked for Nestle for about a year and a half, enjoyed it, had a lot of success with it. I was covering the greater Seattle area, which included some of the Olympic Peninsula Walmart so I'd go into a Walmart and make sure all Nestle's products were customer facing and making sure that we sold in uh, pallets upon pallets of other products as well. So it was a sales development program. Uh, I then went and uh, I shouldn't say went but I got an inbox from or a message from a LinkedIn uh, recruiter and he wanted to know if I was interested in applying for a medical device sales job. And I was very taken aback by it. I was like, oh, my God, I why would you want me to interview for a medical device sales job? But he knew about Nestle and the good sales training they had. And so I had an opportunity and took advantage of it. I covered a five-state territory in the Pacific Northwest, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, and Alaska, where I was traveling every single week, selling medical devices to hospitals up there, and had so much fun doing it.
0: And you also had this really uh fun, unique story outside of this uh sales job out in the Northwest. And and I believe you got your piloting license back in the uh in the in the 2016, 2018 range and, and you wanted to, to fly around. Were you flying for the job or was it something that you did kind of you know recreationally and, and just a skill to have?
1: Yeah, well, I was at Nestle, uh, my parents came out to visit me for the first time with my aunt. And I wanted to do something special for him. So I rented a seaplane where I wasn't flying the seaplane, but I was sitting in the cockpit. And I'll never forget that uh, pilot asking me if I wanted to fly the plane for a bit. And so I flew it with her next to me. And I realized how easy it was to just maneuver a plane. And so I asked her, how could I become certified and get a license? And she said, you don't want to do a seaplane. They're too hard to get your hands on you should go and fly a land plane. And so I researched it. And after about 60 hours of air flight, um, a little over a year of taking lessons um, on weekends and in the evenings, I was able to get my pilot's license. And the craziest part about it is I started traveling for work um, on planes weekly. And I've been doing that for the better part of a decade now. And I haven't flown a plane myself since, so I have this pilot's license that hasn't been utilized. But I hope to use it at some point because you never lose it.
0: And I'm guessing at you know at some point in time, you said to yourself, you know, the Guinness is just better on the East Coast. I got to move back to the East Coast and and be closer to family and and continue developing my career. So at what point in time did you make the decision to to move from the Pacific Northwest? Uh, back to the East Coast. And and at that time, what were you doing when you made that move?
1: Yeah, I was still selling medical devices for a company called Meridian Bioscience out of Cincinnati. And while I was at Meridian, I had a lot of success. I got sales rep of the year, and the Southeast regional sales manager had left the company. So it offered an opportunity uh, for a potential promotion. And I remember interviewing for that. Um, and the sales director had confidence in me to come over and become a young manager. I was about 23, 24 years old at the time. And uh, I was like, really, I'm going to have people that are in their 60s reporting to me. Um, <laughs> but it, it, was a, it was definitely a growing moment for me. And I had to choose a city in the Southeast that had an airport because I was flying all the time. So Charlotte was one of the final contestants, and there were already three Siena people here that I had played basketball with at Siena. Of course, intramural basketball, but um, they were all close friends of mine. We all lived in Plasman together, and uh, whenever I had an opportunity to visit Charlotte when I was on the East Coast, I would visit them here, so I knew it was a city that could potentially work for me.
0: And we're just about halfway through segment number two now, um, and before we get into the the company that you're starting uh, for career counseling, just briefly, Ryan, what's it been like, you know, to be in Charlotte with some of your closest friends kind of in this next phase of life?
1: Yeah, definitely the next phase of life. We're all getting married and having kids, uh, but there's six of us here now and we see each other at least once a month. I call it our Southern alumni campus. Just <laughs> last night, uh, one of my Best friend Sean Hogan was over here for my birthday dinner, and so I get to see him almost weekly. Um, but we get together for all these different events. We're gearing up for the president. Chuck's going to be here in about a month, and so there's all these different reasons that we get together, whether it's for a Siena event or just seeing each other as our families grow.
0: Yes, and for those listening, the you know, president's wife will be down in Charlotte. Uh, about, you know, three weeks into January for a Meet the President event in Charlotte. And we're looking forward to to seeing everybody there. And and you can go to sienna.edu slash meet the president for details and to register. But Ryan, I really want to take this final third now uh, of the show and talk about this Cook's Career Coaching and the mission behind it. And, you know, I probably said this title about seven times within the segment today. But what is this kind of what is the mission behind this company that you created And kind of how did it all start, you know, just a few, maybe months, years ago?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. So Cook's Career Coaching was founded in August of this year with a mission to help people become career ready. And so whether that's someone discovering their why, what makes them tick, get out of bed in the morning for that job, all the way to efficient application strategies and mock interviews... There's a huge gap, and I noticed this as a sales manager at Meridian, between people being able to communicate their value and then falling flat in an interview. And I've just had a lot of success helping friends and family get ready for interviews. And now I I do it as a part-time job.
0: And when you're looking at the mission uh, of your company, you break it down into kind of these three services, these three categories that you're offering. So when somebody goes to your website, um, they're going to see, you know, three things that they can select. What are those services that you provide to kind of help this mission and help these people become ready?
1: Yeah. uh, Finding your why is the first one. So I go through exercises with clients where we go back into their past and learn about what their values are, what their interests are. And then we align those to different careers that they can focus their why statement on and that's all from Simon Sinek's start with why big believer in that the second one is efficient job application strategies i read a book uh, when i was unemployed a couple years ago called the two-hour job search and it really helped me so i use that as the foundation to help clients have an efficient job application strategy that usually involves finding an advocate internally whether it's a Siena alum or just someone in their LinkedIn network. And then uh, lastly, mock interviews, kind of similar to what you and I are doing right now, but prepping someone for that big job interview, making sure that they know the questions are going to be asked, how to answer them, and how to appear confident in front of an employer. Those would be the three categories.
0: And when you're looking at an individual that's, that's looking at your website, is it something where you're, you're traveling to all of the clients. Is it something where you can have an ability to meet with clients on Zoom to kind of broaden your reach? Kind of what is that process like when somebody first reaches out to you to then get that service appointment that, that you offered?
1: Yeah, the split's 90-10. I'd say 90% is virtual. And then 10% for the Charlotte market, um, I'm able to meet in person, whether it's at a coffee shop, their residence, my residence but 90% of it's virtual. They can find me online through socials. um, And it's as easy as a couple clicks on the website, maybe two clicks, and they can book an appointment right through the website. And that's www.cookscareercoaching.com.
0: And Ryan, we got just about three minutes left in today's episode. And there's kind of two final questions that I want to ask. And that first one being just a follow-up on what you just said, uh, when people reaching out to you. Is it something where it's 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 me to you reaching out? Is it something where a university is reaching out to you? Is that a potential down the line? Kind of who are the, who's the clientele right now?
1: Individuals currently, but you're hitting the nail on the head, Brandon. We want to help groups of people where efficiencies can be realized. So you think about your local church, um, any type of organization that has youth from age high school that are prepping for that next step in college to in college looking for that next step in their career, or even just out of college working in the workforce for several years, everyone is a candidate for career coaching. Um, I've been debating whether to focus on students or focus on the general market. I hope to find that niche at some point, but right now I like helping everybody with it.
0: And Ron, I don't want to narrow down, you know, your final piece of advice to to 90 seconds, but we got, you know, just around 90 seconds left in today's show. And as I mentioned, you know, this is airing in the Sarazen Student Union. You know, there's students listening in the atrium as they're eating lunch. What would be your final piece of advice that you would give to a college student, a young alum, an alum that's been out there for a while that's looking to make a transition? What's what's your last piece of advice uh, to people listening today?
1: Yeah, I'll keep it simple, but very specific. If you are applying to jobs just by doing those couple of clicks, as I made it sound very easy to schedule your first appointment with Cook's Career Coaching, I mentioned just a couple clicks. Some employers or job boards will make it seem easy too. You just couple clicks, upload your resume and apply. It's not the best way to get an interview. And I like coaching clients through the process of, as I mentioned, finding that advocate, customizing their resume and cover letters to a job description. Those are really two biggest pieces of advice. Customize your resume, make sure you're using job description, words, key phrases, and simultaneously find someone internally to advocate for you and refer you. If you do those two things, you're going to beat a lot of people that are just uploading resumes and clicking the apply button
0: well ryan you know first of all happy birthday again thank you so much okay. for being on today's show i think as we look you know this long-term post pandemic uh this is a service that is so crucial uh to to the workforce and, and we appreciate you taking the time to sit down share your insight on sienna but more importantly show your insight on this industry that you're involved in and the company that you're creating uh, we're looking forward to seeing you in just a few weeks at the Meet the President event. Stay in touch. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. We'll see you next time right here on WBCR 88th Through the Saint.